Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So good to be here this morning and um, my second message for 2016. Oh, goodness gracious me, fear and trembling. And um, yeah, it's just the joy. I want to pray firstly. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great uh, privilege of being able to sit uh, underneath your presence this morning. We know, Lord, that as we come here each week, we come one way, but we live totally different. That's because of your great love. That's because of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that is here again. So, Father, I just pray this morning for people that might be um, going through a difficult season. We just thank you for the comfort of the Holy Spirit that's here today. And we open up our hearts to you, great Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask you, help me today to speak the words of the Father this morning, that I would be a vessel to communicate what it is that you're wanting to share this morning to the heart of your people. So I thank you, Father, for the great privilege and honor of being able to read your word and to share your word today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So it's a great joy to be here this morning, and um, some people have been wondering about my new, new glasses that I wear, and uh, it's a terrible thing. Carly said she didn't think time flies, but you're not 51 yet, girl. You get to 51 and you realise time does fly, I tell you, it's just crazy stuff. But I had to get these glasses and um, I remember last year when I was talking with people, people would come up and talk to me and I'd have to stand back about two or three feet. Not, not because of their bad breath or anything like that, but I just couldn't see properly. So at the end of uh, last year, beginning of this year, I got some new glasses. And the problem that I've got with these ones now is they're multifocal. So when people come and talk to me, I've got to lift my head like that to be able to see them out of the bottom part. So if you're talking with me and I raise my head, it's not because I'm being arrogant or rude. It's just that I'm focusing on you. Amen. Just having a little, little better look at you. I want to share a, a little joke this morning. I read this joke. It's very funny. A child asked his father, how are people born? So his father said Adam and Eve made babies. Then their babies became adults and made babies and so on. The child went to his mother and asked the same question. And she told him, we were monkeys. Then we evolved and became like we are now. The child ran back to his father and said, you lied to me. His father replied, no, your mum was talking about her side of the family. (laughs) I didn't know whether to switch that around to the father or the mother, but anyway. Anyway, I thought you'd enjoy that this morning. A little funny little joke. just to kick us off this morning. Uh, really want to encourage us about our City Serve coming up um, this uh, Saturday at the Ron Castelliable. You've heard quite a bit about that. The t-shirts are for sale and the hats and things like that at the information counter. But really want to encourage us as a church. God put it within our, our um, heart in 2014 to kick off City Serve in Shell Harbour. And since that time till now, we've had 23 churches that have been involved in the process. We've had um, um, such accolades coming from across the community, especially within the ranks of council as well. And I really want to ask for your support this Saturday to come and just to help. We really are the spearhead for City Serve. God's chosen us for whatever reason, but we are. And uh, I just want to encourage us to be a part of it this this weekend, 8 o'clock. Uh, you may not be able to come for the whole day. That's fine. And some of it, some of our uh, um, uh, more mature members might not be able to do the physical work. That's fine. Just come along and talk to the folk that are there. Amen. It is such a buzz. People come and you would think that shoveling um, 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 dirt and um, what do you call that stuff? Bark. And you would think that uh, painting bollards would be really boring, wouldn't you? 
You'd think, you know, who'd want to spend their Saturday doing that? But I have not seen one event where people have not come and felt so blessed and so encouraged by their time there because the grace of God is upon City Serve. Amen. So, dear I really encourage you with that. And uh, I just think it's going to be a great, great time for us this morning. We're continuing down our journey of discovering how we can build a fear-proof life. Amen. And last Sunday, we, we looked at overcoming the fear that the negative circumstances that we were facing were was never, ever going to end. This morning, we're going to look at the fear that we're trapped by our circumstances. And, you know, last week, we spent some time talking about it. And it's so true that fear has the potential to limit our potential in life. Fear has the potential to hamstring us. Fear has the potential to distort the beauty of Christ within us. And, you know, when we look at the Word of God, we saw last week that there are over a hundred fear knots in the Word of God. Over a hundred times when the Lord comes to His people, especially when they're going through a hard time, especially when they're faced with trials, especially when they're faced with circumstances that are difficult, the Lord comes and says, fear not. Amen. I love that about our Lord. Even now you might be facing a difficult circumstance, a trial, some tribulation in your life. The words, the same words that God gave to Isaac are the same words that he wants to give to all of us today. Fear not, for I am with you. But we looked at the fear knots, over a hundred, and we worked out that there's more than two fear knots for every week of our life. And I think that's, that's so encouraging. But what is fear? Just to recap a little bit for those people that weren't here last Sunday. What is fear? Well, fear is a psychological and emotional state of being afraid, a sense of dread. Having that sense of dread. Have you ever had that sense of dread? I think most of us have at some point, just the dread of life, the dread of, you know, having to, to, to move forward in life. And often what fear fear does it comes and we have that sense of dread and it stops us from moving forward well during the week i looked at some some statistics about fear in australia and i want to read them to you this morning in any one year around one million australian adults have depression and listen to this over two million australians emotionally paralyzed by fear and anxiety over two million aussies every year are paralyzed by fear or anxiety Anxiety today is the most common health condition in Australia. On average, one in four people, one in three men, women, and one in five men will face anxiety at some time. Isn't that a staggering statistic? Staggering thought when you think about it. Up to two million Aussies will be paralysed this year from fear and anxiety. And last week we spoke about a couple of different thoughts on the aspects of fear. There's healthy fear and then there's unhealthy fear. Healthy fear, it's a good fear. It helps to protect us from imminent danger. But bad fears, they suffocate and distort our lives and hamstring the potential that God has placed within us. Did you know this morning, if Christ is in you, you have great potential. If you have Christ within you this morning, the hope of glory, you have great potential. And I want to say this morning, the enemy knows that far too well. Satan knows the potential that, that God has placed within you. He knows the DNA within you. He knows your potential and what you could do in changing this world for good and for God. So he, can do, he does all that he can to try and hamstring you and to hold you back by distorting you through fear. God wants us to live a fear-proof life. God wants us to overcome the fears that we're facing in order to walk through the doors of opportunity that God places before us. But there are 
healthy fears and there are unhealthy fears. Last week I spoke about one of my healthy fears and that was the fear of, of uh, snakes. I have a healthy fear of snakes. In fact, as I said last week, when I'm walking through the bush and the grass is high, I'll always whistle. And if I get, I get tongue-tied and I can't whistle anymore, I'll just click my finger or stomp my... I'll do whatever I can to make sure that little brown snake, that red-bellied black snake, knows that I'm on the way. Amen? But then I have another little healthy fear as well, and it's the fear of spiders. I do not like spiders. I do not. I, I, the only way that I want to touch spiders is with, uh, is with more team. That's the only one, way I want to show any sort of appreciation towards a spider. That's with more team. But you know what? I know someone that has no fear of spiders. His name's Josiah. We were living in, uh, in, uh, we were living in, um, in Newcastle and we were renovating a house in the suburb of Cardiff and uh, Joe was about four years of age and he would continually play with spiders. I just could not do it, but he can. And uh, I remember one afternoon we were together there and I was doing a bit of work and he just went next door. And I said, Joe, where are you? He said, I'm here, Dad. I said, what are you doing, son? I'm playing with spiders. That got my attention. So I went around and checked it out and that's what he was playing with, a nest of those. <laughs> uh, nest of those but me no way known I did what every uh, every strong Aussie male did went and got a tin of more team and fixed the spiders up so we can have healthy fears that are there to protect us but then the unhealthy fears that we face in life these are the fears that affect our lives and paralyze our potential in negative ways and I wanted to list just a few of them this morning. You could be here this morning and you're held back by fear of failure. Because you've failed once, you're never going to try again. I want to encourage you this morning to get over that fear of failure. Amen. God is good. You might fall 50 times and he will continue to pick you up every time. Amen. But the fear of failure can hold you back. Another big fear that people face is the fear of rejection as well. Uh, people reject us and because of that we shut down another fear can be a fear of change who doesn't like change who likes change <laughs> I love change I can't have a static environment for me um, the definition of hell would be, would be to have a repetitive job like you know working in a factory putting the same piece together something's burning in here all right, we better turn those off. I thought I could smell some smoke. I'm on fire. <laughs> oh, the light is on fire too. Okay. Yeah, better just, can everyone in that section just move over here, guys? That would be good. It might go out. If not, we'll have to go out. <laughs> Just move over that side. Just go and sit next to someone over here. There's plenty of seats there. Well, that's new. Yeah, it's in the fitting. Yep. I think um, we might need to get a fire extinguisher. Got one? This, this is fun, isn't it? Hey, make sure you tweet this or put it on Facebook. 
But don't go. I still want to share the Word of God this morning. Amen. Let's see if we can fix this up. Oh, look at the boys into action. Woo! Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear light. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, beg pardon? You woke up this morning not thinking you'd do that this morning. Huh. Could be a spider, yes. It's dead now, though. Hmm. Yeah, oh, yes, definitely. No one's frightened, are they? Everyone's chilling. Dean, you think we're safe? Okay. Can, can I get a few of the men just to put some seats over there, just at the back for, for our other um, guests as well? Can we just get two or three rows, boys, and just put them back there? Is everyone happy to continue? Okay, we'll continue. We'll just wait till we fix that up, and away we go. Oh, no. You can say today that Shell Harbour Community Church was on fire. Amen. I mean, it was on fire. Well, only if we don't think it's not safe. Um, we'll just wait and see until Dean's finished up there. Can we get that turned off? Can we get that turned off, can we? Yep, great. Deary me. Well, at least for now, our fire systems work. That's a good thing.
Ziggy, you're not funny. You hear that siren then? Dean, are you happy with that? Okay. All right, well, if everyone wants to take a seat, we'll just keep all the lights off. We can just open the curtains over there, guys, as well, and one there as well for people. That would be terrific. I think um, we'll continue. Amen? How naughty, cutting into the preaching time. It's terrible. Just terrible. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> well, that's never happened in church before. <laughs> I was preaching one time in Newcastle, and uh, I was trying to work out why people were like. Awesome. That is cheeky. We'll just wait till the boys are finished there. Good. Think we're safe? Yep. All good? All safe? Amen. Aren't our men fantastic? Amen? Doing awesome. Awesome job. So overcoming fear. Such, such an important thing. Fires, tribulation, all sorts of things happen to us. But we're talking, just recapping, and... Um, <laughs> we were talking about unhealthy fears. And before that, we were talking about uh, healthy fears. And unhealthy fears, I mentioned a couple, the fear of rejection, uh, the fear of failure, the fear of change, the fear of man. And this, this statement that I want to make right now, I, I believe it's so important for us because we, we can be so held back by fear. And I said last Sunday that often we can, we can cover our fears in all sorts of things, all sorts of different facades. You know, I'm, I'm too busy, I'm we, you know, we have all these excuses, but really the heart of the matter could be that we just have a fear there that we're not willing to confront and overcome. So to grow in Christ-likeness, we must identify what the unhealthy fears are that are working in our lives and be courageous enough to confront and overcome them. And this is why we're on the journey of embarking on overcoming the paralyzing effects of fear. And I want to throw this out there this morning, to be honest, how many people aren't fulfilling their destinies in God because of fear? Because of fear, because we have these fears that we've allowed to grip our hearts. How many people today potentially in this building, in the Christian community in Shell Harbour, aren't achieving and walking towards the destiny that God has given them because they're being held back by fear? So today we're going to look at the fear that we are trapped by our circumstances. I want to say this morning, I honestly know what it's like to feel trapped by our circumstances. I, I know what it's like to feel that way. You know, for me, it started last year in September. We were on a uh, outreach trip to Vanuatu. There was a team of 30 people, 28, 29, around 30 people. 
and uh, it was a wonderful time of outreach. And we were about halfway through, I think it was about day six, and I was a part of the logistics team. So I was driving around all day and making sure all of the equipment would, would come on site, etc., etc. And uh, we got to the end of that day and um, uh, had a shower, um, came and met with the team, had uh, my usually, usual dish. It was a dish of whatever it was, and it was laced with chili as always. And over there they have some wonderfully hot chili. But I remember as I sat there... Um, two things I remember until I walked out of the hospital about four hours later. The first thing I remembered was Corianne uh, crying in front of me. I just had this really blurred picture of Corianne. And the second thing that I remember is that I was being put into the back of an ambulance. Outside of that, I can't remember anything else. I didn't know what happened to me. Uh, they mentioned that the, the, the French doctor that was there mentioned that it looked like I had a stroke. Uh, I didn't really know that until we got back to Australia and went and saw our doctor and he said that what you had. And fortunately, thank God, it was a stroke that didn't leave any damaging effects on my life. Amen. I'm so thankful to God. But I want to tell you the fear of going through something like that is, uh, is pretty daunting to walk through something like that. And, you know, as I look around this morning, I see Marty Daniel over there. I don't know if Dave, Dave Immo here as well. These, these two men, I, I can't say um, how thankful to God I am for Martin Daniels and for um, um, David, David um, Immersides. I tell you, they, the, their, their care and their concern for me over that time, I tell you, I'm thankful to you guys for, for the way that you looked after me. So we walked through that and went through uh, the end, got to the end of September. And uh, I came back from Vanuatu and I knew something wasn't right. I didn't know what it was, but it just felt like something had broken within me. I had no idea what it was, but I just, over that month of October, uh, we went to the doctor. They discovered that I had uh, incredibly high blood pressure, and um, we started to look at how we were going to address that. And in the month of November, uh, in the very beginning of that month, um, I was uh, preparing for a, a weekend. We were preparing for a, the weekend of having Margaret Court come. And just going through September, October, things just weren't right. I don't know what it was, but just things weren't right. And I remember on the Tuesday morning before the weekend when Margaret came, that uh, we were in the meeting, uh, having a staff meeting, preparing for all the stuff for that, uh, that particular morning. And uh, as I sat there, I just all of a sudden became really confused. I wasn't quite sure what was going on. I was very vague in my speech, and I started to get all these pains in my chest, and and uh, started to feel really lightheaded and thought, well, that's not too good. So I remember coming in here and sitting at the back of the auditorium there and um, some friends had lent me a blood pressure machine. So I checked the blood pressure and uh, that was, uh, that was uh, 170 over, I think it was 90 or something like that. And I text Karen. When you don't know what to do, you text Karen Picarillo. I said, Karen, is that okay? Da, da, da. She said, no, Shane, that's not good. So I sat there a little bit longer and I checked it at about 15 minutes later and now it was at 210 over 110. And I said, Karen, is that good? <laughs> and she said, no, I'm sending Steve now. So I was quite confused and not knowing. I had pains in my chest and didn't know really what was going on. And um, as we sort of proceeded along, we picked me up, he took me to the hospital and um, took to, to the triage nurse. They took me straight in. I was a little bit anxious about that because my experience of waiting rooms is you wait. But they took me straight in and did my blood pressure again. Then over the speakerphone, I hear this category two. And uh, I'm starting to get quite fearful now because I, I don't know much about the medical procedures, but I know that if you're there and they're shouting out category two, something must be not that right. So I sat there for a number of hours. Eventually, uh, I had a beautiful, my wife and my kids standing around uh, the, the doctor's room. 
and uh, the, the emergency where I was and had all these things on me. And uh, I just remember the fear of thinking, what is going on here? The doctor thought that I'd had a heart attack. And uh, so they did the blood tests and went through that whole process. And that afternoon around six o'clock, they came back and they said, you hadn't had a heart attack. And I was so thankful to God. I thought, man, you know, the, the effects of a heart attack. But we went through the stroke and then we went through the heart attack. And now we're getting to uh, about the middle of November. And my world, as I knew it, just fell apart. Pretty much every day I started crying. I just think about something sad and I'd cry. You know, what a girl. And then I'd think about someone that was having a difficult time and I'd just start crying. This went on for about three or four weeks. I just, I was pretty much crying every day. I'd be driving the car and I'd start crying. And I had no idea what was going on with me. I had no idea what, what, what I was facing. I was just like, oh, my life as I knew it before has fallen apart. My my, 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 you know, the, the heart, potential heart attack, the near stroke, all that stuff had gone on and now just crying all the time. And I remember we eventually made an appointment with a psychologist in Wollongong. It was early December. Had the, the meeting there and uh, I was just absolutely devastated. And during the discussion, she said, Shane, there's, there's no potential of you getting back to the office uh, even, even by the end of March. This was December. And I remember sitting there feeling absolutely devastated on the inside, thinking nearly four months before I can return to the place that I love, the people that I love. I mean, I was just devastated. I felt so trapped by my circumstance. I felt so locked in. And I remember uh, the, the thought of um, ringing up the state chairman and handing in my resignation for the first time because I just couldn't see things getting better. I couldn't see myself returning. I just was in just such a state, such a mess. I felt totally trapped and locked in by the fear of my circumstance. But God is good because here we are today. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? You could be here this morning and you could be feeling trapped by your circumstances as well. Fear gripped my heart and my fear was that I was trapped by my circumstances and potentially there are people here today feeling trapped by your circumstances as well. It might be your health, it might be your family, it might be your marriage, it might be your finances, it could be a number of things but I want to say today without exception, God is faithful. If you don't let go of God and you keep hanging on to Him, even when the going gets tough, God will bring you through. Amen? I'm here to testify that today, that if you don't give up and you just hang on and do what you need to do, God will ultimately ultimately bring you through to a place of victory. Amen. Well, we see a similar circumstance in the book of, uh, a book of Exodus this morning, where we see a group of people that are feeling trapped by their circumstances. Exodus chapter 14. And uh, we just want to re uh, overview a little bit of the story because these people as well were feeling trapped and locked in by their circumstances. But what we find in Exodus chapter 14, we see the nation of Israel, nation of Egypt, totally decimated by the 10 plagues absolutely decimated. The whole nation of, of uh, Egypt was grief-stricken because of the death of the firstborn. In fact, in chapter 12, it says this, there was not a house without someone that had suffered a loss, someone that was dead in a house. So Pharaoh decides that he can no longer bear the pain of God's 
judgment and decides to release the children of Israel. And under Moses' leadership, the Israelites had been freed from over 430 years of slavery. The children of Israel were slaves in Egypt for over 430 years. That's over seven generations of living in slavery. And now they were released and they were on their way to the promised land. Could you imagine the feelings of optimism? the feelings of joy, the feelings of of liberty, the feelings of freedom after 430 years. Now they've been set free after crying out to God for 430 years to be set free of their slavery. Now they are on the brink of heading towards the land that God had promised them. There must have been such optimism, such joy, such a sense of faith and confidence in the direction now because at last now, after 430 years, they had finally been set free. But listen to this this morning. God still knows the arrogance in Pharaoh's heart. So to draw out what's in his heart, this is what we read in Exodus chapter 14, 1 to 4. It says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before that place and before Migdol and the sea, opposite Baal Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea, for Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them and I will gain honour over Pharaoh and all of his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. This is what took place. Pharaoh's heart is hardened and he changes his mind about releasing the Israelite nation. And now his whole army is bearing down on the Israelites who are camping on the edge of the sea. So get the picture, the Israelites are camping on the edge of the sea and behind them is desert and now the whole Egyptian army that is bearing down on them. I wonder how you and I would have felt right now. But listen to what it says as we go on in 10 and verse 12 of chapter 14. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord and said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, leave us to serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Fear had gripped their hearts and they were feeling totally trapped by their circumstance. And they were even now considering on going back to Egypt. Wow. Fear had blinded them to the greatness of God and they had forgotten all the incredible miracles that God had done for them. You see, when we get fear in our hearts, it blinds us from the greatness of God. When we allow fear to get in here, it stops us from seeing the bigness of who God is. And that's exactly what was taking. Fear had blinded me and caused me to forget all the times that God had led me to a place of overcoming the circumstances I'd faced. I'd allow fear to get in. And because of that, I couldn't look back at at all the great victories that God had won along the way. And that's what fear does. It blinds us and it stops us from remembering all the great things that God has done in the past. Amen. And this is exactly what had happened to the children of Israel. Now they were blinded to the greatness of God and all that they could see was the potential potential disaster that was going to potentially be um, released upon them. But it's what Moses says to the Israelites that we need to hear when we're feeling trapped 
by our circumstances. Because this is what he says in Exodus chapter 14. He says this, Do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians will see you today. You will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you. You need to be still. There are two things that we want to take away from this this morning as we almost conclude. The first thing that Moses says to them when fear has gripped their heart is stand firm. You know, he wasn't saying stand rigid. It's not like, you know, stand like that. No, he was talking about a condition of the heart. He's talking about girding yourself up. He said to the children of Israel, stand firm. You know, when you're faced with a fear that you feel like it's going to overcome you, then I want to encourage you. What you need to do is make sure that you stand firm. Amen? Don't let the enemy rob you. Don't let the enemy take from you the, the great blessings that God has brought into your life before. But choose to stand firm. In fact, the scripture says, after having done all these things, prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, stand firm. If you're facing a circumstance today that you're fearing, that it's not going to change, that I want to encourage you this morning, don't withdraw, but stand firm. Amen? Like Moses said to the children of Israelites, stand firm. Firm. Stand up on the inside. Hallelujah. They had lost sight of the greatness of the God they served. And I'd also, in my journey as well, had taken my focus off the greatness of God. Standing firm means we start refocusing on who God is. To stand firm means we adjust our focus and take it off our fear and we place it back on the God that we serve. Amen. Because fear will take your focus. 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 Fear will take your focus away from the greatness of God. And when you're facing something that, that, is, that is big and it's daunting, then I want to encourage you to refocus your focus on the greatness of who our God is. Amen. Our God is an amazing God. Our God is an almighty God. There is no other God like our God. Our God is the Alpha and the Omega. God created all things through the power of His Word. Amen. He breathes life into dead, dead things. He changes things. All things work together for good for those that love God. I mean, God, our God is great. And when we're going through those trials, the best thing that we can do is to refocus our focus and put it back on the greatness of God. So that's the first thing that he was saying. Make sure that you stand firm. Readjust your focus. The children of Israel had their focus on the Egyptian army. Moses was saying, take it off them and focus it back on the greatness of who God is. So the first thing that he said was stand firm. The second thing that he said, be still. What does it mean to be still? Consciously resist the natural impulse to fear by giving no place for anxiety controlling your thoughts. Amen? Giving no place for anxiety to control your thoughts. And that's a whole other message there. And you know, I could talk to you at some point about the anxiety that I had last year. Amen? I mean, my anxiety was off the Richter scale. Crazy stuff. But thanks be to God who always brings us to victory. Amen. Today I've got peace in my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That anxiety, bad anxiety, but I haven't got it today. I've got peace in my heart. I go to bed and have good thoughts. Amen. Good thoughts. So consciously refuse the impulse to get all anxious. And the second thing about being still, depend on God's strength to bring you through. Depend on God's strength to bring you through. Because I want to say this morning, God will bring us through. Amen?
Moses was really encouraging them in this verse, and basically this is what he was saying to them, that God didn't bring them out to leave them high and dry. He didn't make them free to make them slaves again. He didn't release them from their oppressors to make them oppressed again. But he had a promised land that he wanted to take them to. And Moses was encouraging them in that. This bit that I love as we start to conclude this morning, then God speaks to Moses and listen to the words in Exodus chapter 14, verse 15, because I love the way that God speaks to Moses. He said, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. What? They're standing in front of the sea. The Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. God was basically saying this, Why are you belly aching? Why don't you just trust me? Stop wallowing and start walking. Amen? Sometimes the hardest thing to do when you're gripped with fear is to start walking. But I want to encourage you. That's what we need to be doing. Amen? We need to be walking. We need to be moving forward. We need need to be knowing that as we take the steps of faith, God will meet us at our point of faith. Hallelujah. He'll meet us at our point of faith, but we need to start moving forward. And this is the thought as we conclude this morning. If I could have the keyboards, that would the, the pianist. Keyboards are there. I know that. As they stood firm and were still, God totally changes the fearful circumstances they were facing. In an instant. As they stood firm and as they were still, God changes the circumstance. In Exodus chapter 14, 19, 28, we read that the flame of fire The angel of the Lord, which was the rear guard to the Israelites and the pillar of smoke that was at the front of the Israelites changed. So the Egyptians, as they were marching all through the night, were in total darkness. But the Israelites were in total light. And during the course of that night, God stirs up a mighty wind from the east and it blows and it blows and it blows so strongly that the whole of the Red Sea is opened up. And all of, the, all of the Israelites walk through that night. They get to the other side and Pharaoh in his arrogance, as he continues to pursue them, he starts to, they start, the army starts to take its way through the Red Sea and then God says enough. The wind stops and the sea covers them and God's glory is revealed through that circumstance. What can we learn today? A few little thoughts this morning. The impossible and the impassable are no obstacles for God. God can make a way where there is no way. The impossible and the impassable are no obstacle. He can make a way when there is no way. When faced with a fear that we are trapped by our circumstances, we need to stand firm and be still because God is faithful and He will bring you to a place of great victory. He will bring you to a place 
of great victory if you stand firm and you be still. God will change the impossible for you. Let's bow our heads this morning. People here this morning and you are struggling with fear. I believe that God gave me a verse of scripture for you this morning. It's your promise this morning from heaven. This is for you this morning. This is the words of the Father this morning to you directly. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my, my righteous right hand. If you're here just very quietly, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, if you're here this morning and there's some areas within your heart where you feel like fear is trying to grip your heart, I would love to pray for you this morning. Because that promise this morning, Isaiah 41, verse 10, that is your promise this morning. That is from heaven and that is for you today. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. So if you're here this morning, why don't you jump to your feet while every head's bowed and eyes closed. And I would love to pray this morning and believe for the courage of heaven to overcome the things that you're facing. Come this morning. We are family today. Amen. We are family today. Trust in the Lord with all of your might. And lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Amen. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41 verse 10. That's your promise from God this morning. God gave me that last night and I felt this morning that was how we were to conclude, to encourage people in the promise that God has given. And I want to encourage you this morning to hang on to that promise this morning. And every time that fear wants to rise up within your heart this morning, speak it out. Fear not, for he is with me. Fear not, for he is with me. Another man, please. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Just over this young man, I thank you. Fear has no place within him. For God, you have not given him a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I break that fear off his soul, off his life, off his mind in Jesus' name. Let him be fearless and full of the faith of heaven. I speak it today over his life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fear has no place within our lives, Father. We thank you this morning that, God, you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, I thank you. You're anointing today. You declare in your word, your anointing breaks the yoke. So over this life, I break the yoke of fear. I release her today. In Jesus' name, I speak it. Freedom. Freedom in a soul, in a spirit, 
in her mind, Father, where the enemy's tried to bring anxiety and confusion. I just break it off her mind right now in Jesus' name. Freedom. Freedom, because you've declared us free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you this morning. Your anointing, it's your anointing, Father. You promised us the wonderful anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's him. It's heaven. So, Father, over Daphne's life this morning, I thank you. Fear has no place. We speak freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. The anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. Broken. Let a mind be set free. Set free today in Jesus' name. Set free today in Jesus' name. Set free today in Jesus' name. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us of all unrighteousness. And I thank you today over a life, over a mind today, a mind being cleansed right now where the enemy's tried to build a stronghold. I thank you, Father. Right now, hallelujah, the anointing breaks the yoke so we release the anointing from heaven today over a life to bring healing, to bring deliverance, to bring freedom today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, but every word spoken against us you shall condemn. So, Father, I thank you this morning, hallelujah, for any or every negative word spoken against this child. I thank you in Jesus' name. None of them shall prosper. And we speak freedom over a mind. We speak freedom over a life. Where the enemy's tried to bring a cloud of confusion, we break it today. We ask you, great Holy Spirit, for your mighty breath that you would come and blow that, uh, that cloud away, that there would be freedom over this mind. Hallelujah. Father, I speak to anxiety and fear. I command her today to be broken from her life. Let her be free today. Free today. In Jesus' name, Father. In Jesus' name, the great power of the Holy Spirit is upon her life this morning. We thank you for him. We thank you for him. Hallelujah. We thank you for him. We bless you this morning. We bless you this morning. Thank you, God. He and the Son sets free is free indeed. Father, right now, I thank you for the yokes the enemy, Father, today for the bondage that he tries to bring around our minds and our souls. I just thank you right now for breaking that off her mind. Off her mind today. Satan, we take authority over your assignments, take authority over your, your plans today to do harm. The schemes, your schemes this morning, we just break them off this life. We command a mind to be free today. Free, a soul to be free today, a spirit today. Hallelujah anointing of the Holy Spirit upon her today. Yes, it is. We bless your Father. 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 Thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just believe for you this morning that uh, word comes to me. I, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you this morning and speak these words. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ. I, I really want to encourage you this week to get that verse out and to start to speak it out. In your bedroom, when you're, wherever you are, where you're just on your own with God, just to speak it out. Declare it over your life. Declare it over your life because it's the Word of God. It's truth today. It's truth today. He wants to transform your mind by the, re, the renewing of your mind by His Word today. So speak that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Father, over this life, we break fear and intimidation. We break it off a soul today and speak life and freedom and deliverance in Jesus' name. For she is called, Father. She is called, Father. Father, let her understand and know that she is called. 
she is called. He's chosen you. He's appointed you. Hallelujah. 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 Father, I thank you this morning for this life. Hallelujah. I thank you for Joshua, Lord. Lord, as he prepared to lead the children of, of Israel, Lord, after the incredible leadership of Moses, the fear and the trembling, Lord, that he must have, must have uh, had to, to battle at times with the, the awesomeness of the responsibility. But I thank you, Father, that you come to him and say, be bold, be strong, be courageous. Hallelujah. And I believe for you, Rachel, today, that's the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. He wants you to be bold, to be strong, and to be courageous. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Father, we just speak freedom over Rachel today. God, that all things work together for good for those that love you and are called according to your purpose. I thank you for the plan and the purpose. Lead a Holy Spirit. Help her to know that you are Emmanuel, that God is with her. You will never leave her nor forsake her. And you have great plans, great plans that are going to need great courage. So I pray that great courage over her life today, Lord. Courage, I pray it. Courage, I pray, I pray this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let the bondage and the yoke of fear be broken off her life. Father, I thank you this morning in Jesus' name for the greatness of spirit, for the intensity of faith today. And I thank you, Lord, as your children today, we can be confident in knowing that you are for us. Hallelujah. So I thank you today. Just reveal yourself again as being the Lord that is for us. And may fear be broken off her mind in Jesus' name. Off her mind in Jesus' name. Off her mind in Jesus' name. We just declare it broken, fear broken, fear broken, intimidation. I see like this intimidation's tried to come around you for many years, an intimidating spirit trying to hold you down, to cap you. I believe today God's removing that intimidation in Jesus' name. No longer will you feel the effects of intimidation, but you will feel the, the freedom of faith. So Father, I thank you over Jan right now. Freedom in Jesus' name. I speak it. Let the bondages of uh, fear be broken today, the yoke of fear. Be broken today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? And there's just something so powerful about confessing those things over our lives. And, you know, we started this journey of uh, uh, believing God, that God would set us free from our fears. And we said at the outset, that this is just going to be just one meeting or two meetings. This could take a number of weeks for us to, to come to a place where we allow that anointing to grow, so build so strongly over our lives that we start to confess it. But I want to encourage you this week as you go about your day, declare over your life, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on. This week, as you go about your week, declare, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Every time you might fear that bit of, feel that bit of fear coming upon you, declare the word of God. Hallelujah. God's called us to do great things. Amen. If you're here this morning and you'd like to know what it means to give your life to Jesus Christ, you might be a visitor here this morning, then I, I, we, we would love to talk to you. If you'd love to come and grab one of us, one of the eldership team. We'll be in the cafe, but there'll be many people. If you'd like to ask, what does it mean to give your life to Christ? We'd love to share with you that this morning. Amen.